Welcome to HR and Cocktails, brought to you by Prescott HR, home of unintimidated HR, the show for business owners and executives to learn more about all aspects of human resources with your host, Kimberly Prescott. Thank you for joining me. I am here today with Tracy Kodak of Healthcare Access Maryland, um, also known by its acronym HCAM. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. No problem. So I'm very excited to speak with Tracy because she's kind of a big deal in the nonprofit sector in Maryland. Yes, she's (laughs) blushing. Um, She's kind of a big deal in the nonprofit sector here in Maryland. And quite honestly, I think just across the industry because she's going to be traveling and taking Mm -hmm her knowledge on the road soon, Mm -hmm. speaking at a conference. So I'm very excited to have her. So I want to start off, Tracy, with you telling us a little bit about Healthcare Access Maryland, what you do, how you impact the community. Great, thanks. So we've been a nonprofit around for 22 years. Our main focus is helping individuals access health insurance, either Medicaid or on the state's um, health exchange, and then really recognizing that Health, health doesn't stop at health coverage, that we really need to help people navigate the healthcare system. And so we spend a lot of time helping individuals that may need longer-term assistance, clients in drug treatment, homeless clients, um, clients dealing with other um, social issues in accessing wraparound services. So really trying to connect the dots. We serve as a hub for many of those care coordination programs and we serve 145,000 individuals a year and although we are a statewide entity and do a lot across the state specifically recently in serving individuals um, re-entering out of prison system we are mostly grounded in um, the region of Baltimore City, Baltimore County, Anne Arundel, Howard, Frederick, and Carroll. Okay awesome so I am a little bit familiar with what you all do. Um, I um, came to you through another group. I was subbing through another HR consulting firm and I was a consultant here. Mm -hmm. So I can personally speak to how awesome HCAM, um, (laughs) how awesome they are, how awesome Tracy is and the leadership team. So it's a great organization. And, you know, as we stated earlier, it is a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. So when you think about HR, what does HR mean to you? Right. So it's an important piece of the puzzle, right? So of the 145,000 individuals we serve, we can only serve them by our human capital, right? Our 235 staff. So HR has to be key to the success of the organization. And we have four pillars of our strategic plan and people. And when we talk about people, we talk about our staff um, is one of those key areas. Do you think that HR is a multi-pronged absolutely um, has multiple prongs you know outside of the transactional and really how do you see that integrating into you can speak to your organization but you know an organization in general in general well i think you have to when you start to look at um, transact the transactional hr is important obviously getting people recruited keeping them in the organization uh, making sure payroll is processing their benefits are processing that's all key and um, key to a successful onboarding process but i think you have to look broader than that you have to look at employee engagement you have to look at what's important to the employees and you have to bring them to the table uh, we have a um, i wouldn't say a robust uh, as I would have liked it to be, but we do have a diversity and inclusion committee that addresses diversity and inclusion across the organization. Um, I think we are also addressing 
employee concerns around health and wellness. So we are in the social service industry and burnout is huge. Mental health issues and challenging for staff dealing with others um, with those challenges is also huge. So we are trying to do our best as it relates to ensuring that we're addressing employee engagement, which really is broad, right? It could mean what is important to staff? Is volunteerism important? Is health and wellness important to staff? Uh, and then how are we helping to improve the overall work experience and make HKM a great place to work? So when you talk about burnout and, you know, because your staff, they, they are on the front line. Correct. So they are, and I can speak from experience having, you know, been in the elevator and mm-hmm. walking in with some of the consumers, they are truly individuals that are vulnerable in the community that mm-hmm. may just be coming in all, literally off the street mm-hmm. um, to receive services. So, you know, your staff is on the front line. So what are some of the initiatives that have been put in place mm-hmm. to assist with that? Right. So all of our sites, our main hub is in downtown Baltimore, but we have sites in uh, Ricerstown. We have a, a, a space in on Guilford Street where our foster care team is out of. And so it's important to us that we have a wellness room. So as part of the ACA, you're required to have a nursing mother's room. So we've converted our nursing mother's room also to wellness room. So it's an opportunity for staff to sign up for a quiet space if they need to meditate or if they or if they are nursing moms to use that space privately, but also, you know, if they want to pray during the day, if they need to have a private conversation with a medical provider, they can use that space. Not everybody has a door and an office. So that's important to us. I think uh, initially when I came on board as CEO in 2016, we also instituted eight hours of health and wellness prevention screening. So in addition to their PTO that they accrue, When someone starts with us, we automatically give them eight hours of what we call health screening or prevention. So we encourage them to make sure that they go to the doctor, go to dental screenings, get their mammographies, their colonoscopies. Um, We are a health entity, so health is important to us. We also are uh, kicking off our very first health and wellness symposium for our staff September 27th. So instead of an all-staff We are having an in-house all-day retreat for our staff to talk about important issues to them, and we surveyed them. So mental health, financial wellness, women's health. So of the 235 staff, probably 85% are women. And then family health. So we will be addressing those areas in an all-day symposium, having speakers come in, and nutrition, which is also very important. We bring flu shots into the organization. Lots of smaller initiatives where we really try to make sure that we're making it easier for staff to do their job. Awesome. And so from that perspective, so, you know, having those things in place, what role does HR play in either identifying those opportunities to um, assist with creating um, solutions for potential burnout, et cetera, and what role does HR play in the actual implementation um, and the rollout of those types of programs? Of course, it depends on the structure of your HR department. Um, if I had all the money in the world, I would have uh, a strategic HR person at the table, a director, and then a manager and, and generalist to do some all the frontline stuff. But you really need a strategic HR partner who's really starting to think about those things and are at the table Um, We are kicking off an employee engagement program that really talks about the importance of our core values within the organization and 
and how that relates to behavior and how that describes culture. And that's important to have HR at the table for those conversations. It's really important for HR to also be at the table to be the voice of the staff, that HR represents the staff, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have directors and frontline staff that represent the clients that we serve, and so we need a representative. And so that partner is HR, Mm -hmm. and that's really important. Um, Our culture has shifted, and we have a lot to thank you for that. We really wanted to make sure that HR was a place that people felt comfortable coming to, that it wasn't the principal's office, that they weren't getting in trouble, um, that it was a partnership. And that's really an important feel that uh, I think a nonprofit has to have because our, our, we are not successful without our staff. Right. And I think, you know, you say it's important for a nonprofit. I definitely agree because I have other nonprofit clients and um, you know, the word optics, the optics of it. That's what I hear all the time. (laughs) What are the optics? Um, but quite honestly, in the nonprofit world, it is really a very, just for lack of a better word, it's touchy-feely. You know, it's hands-on, hands-on with whatever the mission is of mm-hmm. that particular nonprofit. And so sometimes um, that's really where the focus goes, right? right? And so sometimes from an infrastructure perspective, you know, sometimes the HR piece or other pieces get left okay. off. So you said that it was important to have a strategic HR person at the table. Correct. So what does that look like for you? When you say, I want a strategic HR person at the table, you know, you want someone that represents the employees, but really in practice. So like, let's say, for example, I'm listening to this and I don't have an HR person, not sure what it should look like. Mm -hmm. Talk about how you incorporate when you had a strategic HR HR person. person. I'm pointing at myself. (laughs) Um, When you had a strategic HR person, what did that look like? And what were you looking for as far as input Mm -hmm. and execution from that person? Yeah, that's key. I mean, obviously, we don't have endless dollars. And so sometimes that may be a consultant at the table that's coming to you to address areas of your strategic plan. I think it's important that any business or nonprofit have a section related to people, staff, people and culture, whatever you want to call it. There has to be a conversation that where HR is at the table and they're talking about employee engagement, they're talking about the role of the employee. Even if you're looking at benefits, uh, not what is the role of HR at the, in that conversation? And that's really key. I utilize consultants multiple times, all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that's the way to go financially. And that is, for, for me, that's really important to have that strategic vision, having an HR consultant at the table when we're doing our strategic plan and making sure that we're thinking about things that are up and coming, either up and coming in the in the human resources world or things that we're not thinking about um, for staff. Mm-hmm. So when you think about, so I know that you are connected to peer groups mm-hmm. for leaders in the nonprofit world. What would you say to your nonprofit peers about the importance of making sure that even if they don't have an internal HR person, but making sure that they have some HR input or an HR presence, whether it's internal or consultant, what would you say about the importance of that? Oh, it's it's key. I mean, I think HCAM wouldn't have been successful the past four years without having that HR consultant, that HR um, staff person at the table. I think when 
when I onboarded as CEO in 2016 and we looked at our strategic vision, it was rare, very apparent to us that we needed that people and culture strategic bucket, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more nonprofits these days are moving that direction that, that they're finding it. But for the smaller ones, you know, the 100,000, the 500,000, where you have one or two staff people, utilizing a consultant is a great way to um, bring that perspective to the table, but not having to pay long-term for, for staff. There are a lot of organizations where the decisions get made and then you're told, oh, we have a new region, you know, let's onboard some people. Right. Um, but I was at the table, I knew what to expect and then we could plan and we could really um, say, well, this is what I think we need to do. Here are the timeframes. And so it was a lot more seamless as it related to um, making that happen. And when we Correct. were onboarding and doing the things that we needed to do. So I think that that's important too, like making sure that as you are, if you have a strategic HR person that you're truly utilizing them, because yes. I, like you said, you know, there are things that, you know, you may not think about mm-hmm. and, you know, the HR person is thinking, well, what about this? What about that? Mm-hmm. How are we going to do that? So I think that, you know, it was, it was, it was a good experience for me because I was able to take that to other um, places and say, hmm, I wonder about this or I wonder <laughs> about that because I remember when I was at HCAM, we did, you know, XYZ. So it was, you know, a very good experience mm-hmm. on my side too to truly be incorporated into the organization, which I think, you know, when you think about HR, you think about how HR impacts the organization. But as an HR professional, when you go into an organization, you really want to impact the organization. Mm-hmm. And the more embedded you are into the organization, Correct. the better you're able to serve your um, your constituents. Right. And I was a consultant. I was here three days a week. Yep. Um, I was not full time, but um, I you know really felt like I was as integrated as I could be, um, given the time constraints. Right. So. You practically were embedded. I think. I think the importance is making sure that that voice is being heard, that your your consumers, um, your clients, if you will, are the staff. Um, and there's lots of different initiatives that are going on across any nonprofit um, for the clients, fundraising, data collection, um, strategic planning about programs, and funding is, is a minutia. It's constantly evolving, it's changing, and how do you make sure that you are educating um, staff about the importance of funding and bringing them to the table. And then the other piece is vendors, right? And that relationship is super important with with human resources and making sure that that vendor relationship, whether it is a staffing agency that's at the table, that they understand your needs and that relationship is cultivated through HR and or it's a vendor, you know, that uses, uh, I don't know, a payroll system, whatever that vendor system is, that's really important for HR to, to cultivate that relationship with those partners and make sure that staff understand the importance of the vendor relationship and vice versa. Yeah, and I think too, it's also important that expectations are set with vendors and that vendors are managed. I mean, Mm -hmm. I know for me, that's one of the things that is really important. It's like, listen, you know, I want to work with you. We're going to have a relationship. However, these are the things that I need. And I find that sometimes um, 
vendors may not be accustomed to having those expectations set and you know someone saying hey I know this is how you typically provide the Mm -hmm. service but this is what I would also like to see and I feel that that's an important part of strategic HR as well is making sure that the vendors are giving the organization absolutely everything that they need and not necessarily just accepting what the vendors say their standard you know cadre of services are absolutely I also think they're that HR strategic person, whether they're a consultant or in-house, they are the eyes and ears for the CEO and the CFO. And so they're the ones that have to say, look, you're gonna have to start planning for X, or you're gonna have to start thinking about this new requirement that's coming down the pike. Um, you're, I'm hearing staff are upset about the high cost of benefits, and this is how we're gonna handle it. And so. That's what our HR professional leadership did within our organization. Um, We were able to work with our broker to negotiate almost an 18% reduction in benefits, and that allowed us to make sure that we could offer some other benefits. So now we're able to offer financial counseling at no cost to our staff through Neighborhood Trust as a benefit to help them with um, long-term financial planning. Mm Yeah, I think that's the other piece that's also important is making sure that there's some proactive measures put in place to address um, any regulations or employment laws that are coming down the pike. Um, I remember when I was here, we got in front of the FLSA change yes. and rolled it out on Sunday. Yes. And the injunction happened on like Tuesday, Tuesday. or Wednesday. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, but that horse was already out of the station. Yeah. So it was just done, right? Um, but it is important to make sure that, 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 that the person that you're working with um, is um, aware of what's going on and not just the regulations that have already passed, but preparing for regulations that Mm -hmm. will be passing in the future, um, especially because there are so many regulations now that have financial implications. Absolutely. And when you are in a nonprofit world, you're working on very thin margins. Every dollar has to be accounted Mm -hmm. for, and you need to know how to budget for $15 minimum wage. Mm -hmm. And, (laughs) you know, and quite honestly, the potential pay compression that can come along with that increase over time. Um, And, you know, mandatory sick leave, okay. et cetera. Um, so those are things that if your HR person is not proactive in making you aware of it, mm-hmm. you're going to find out 90 days before it goes into place, which is sometimes not enough time to plan right. and budget. And we have a lot of compliance requirements because we do get federal dollars, mm-hmm. even as a pass-through. Um, we have requirements to um, report on um, employee demographics mm-hmm. um, through veterans, and and we have make sure that we're in alignment with those compliance regulations and as new ones come down. So I rely so heavily on my HR, whether it's a consultant or in-house, to provide that guidance to me. I didn't go to school for HR. <laughs> That's not um, what I pretend to be as a human resources expert. And so... Um, that's why we have human resource professionals and that's why we have CFOs so that's their area of expertise Mm -hmm. and I also think the CFO and the HR consultants have to work in concert together it's key Mm -hmm. to do that yeah so when I think about HR I think of HR as you know what you would kind of call 
in your world a wraparound service. (laughs) (laughs) So I think of, you know, yes, it's the people um, and it's making sure that the compliance um, is, you know, met, the compliance requirements are met, um, payroll is done, benefits are done, et cetera. But I also think about, you know, really from an operations perspective, what are we doing are our programs in alignment? Mm-hmm. Are we doing the things that we need to do? Because ultimately, when people start to leave, when there's attrition, right. when there's burnout, there are typically some internal and operational things that we could tweak, mm-hmm. change, or mm-hmm. adjust to assist with um, addressing those. So I try to look at it a bit more holistically. holistically. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I think it's counterintuitive to some leaders that an HR person would ask so many questions or want to understand (laughs) so much about how things work. But when the more information I have, the more I can say, well, have we thought about this? Mm -hmm. And I know that this does this. So I wonder if it's impacting the reason why. Um, And so I think it's really important that there is some, you know, professional curiosity Mm -hmm. outside of just your area of expertise. Um, to really make sure that you're providing the best, you know, services to your client. So your client, even if you're an internal HR person, your client is, you know, the, the organization. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So um, I, um, it's been a while since I've, you know, um, been here, but mm-hmm. I definitely will say that HCAM is one of my faves. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for some reason, we continue to cross paths consistently. Um, but it's such a great organization, and I'm so, um, I just am so impressed with the impact that the organization has uh, across the um, the state, um, particularly in the city, um, and just the work mm-hmm. that it's doing. So it's awesome. And um, I think that uh, as I think about nonprofits, I quite honestly hold the standard to HCAM yes. when I'm working with nonprofits. And, as you, you know, should. You, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, HCAM is the standard of which I am holding them to. So now I am going to ask you the question that everyone's waiting for. What is in your glass? When you need to unwind and so that you don't suffer burnout. Yes. (laughs) Because all of this rolls up to you um, as the the CEO. What is in your glass? Well, you have to have water first. Yes. Right? Very important to be dehydrated. Yes. You have to have water. So 64 (laughs) ounces of water is in my first glass. Yes. My second glass, um, so when I recently, when I moved into my house two years ago, it was right around Preakness time, right? Mm-hmm. Big, I'm from Baltimore, big Preakness fan. And um, they put out a drink, which is a Black Eyed Susan. And, but it was a twist on it. So it was Sagamore rye. It was blackberry syrup, ginger beer, a little bit of lime. And muddled milk mint mm-hmm. and so it has been appropriately called the wardman because mm-hmm. that is my street name and so um it is the most refreshing drink so if i have my choice yes it's, it's the wardman yes and i will say that i have personally um tasted this cocktail <laughs> it is quite refreshing it is very um nice and i will say that that whole 
thing was so Baltimore because the Preakness is so Baltimore, Baltimore. Sagamore is so Baltimore. Yes. <laughs> Everything about it is so Baltimore, yes. but it is, um, it's a great drink. I love it. I would definitely recommend it. And I will tell you <laughs> that um, the blackberry syrup you can get on the Sagamore website um, or you can make your own. Blackberry yeah, simple that's syrup. just too complex. It's really for a working not. mom. I don't know how you can handle yeah. making your own blackberry it's, syrup. It's, but you're southern, so it, maybe that's why. Well, yeah, that's the only, the only <laughs> thing I will commit to is making my own blackberry syrup for a cocktail. Um, very easy. So, um, thank you, Tracy. Thank you, Kimberly. I really appreciate it, and thank you all for tuning in. And I look forward to um, talking to you on the next episode. Cheers. Yes, cheers. Cheers. Thank you for joining us this month on HR and Cocktails. Please make sure to visit our website at www.prescotthr.com where you can subscribe to the show. And while you're at it, if you're interested in learning more about our consulting services, please complete the contact form on the website. And don't forget to tell a friend about Prescott HR, home of unintimidated HR.